This episode of the WDW Review is sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. Hello, welcome to the Dub D Dub Review. I am your host, Chris Malik, and I'm not joined by Stacy Nyman or Peter Ponacorvo. Instead, I'm joined by my buddy Michael Black. Michael, how are you? Doing great, Chris. Glad to be here. Excellent. So, you know, briefly I know uh Stacy's uh Stacy's youngest was going through uh just a, a, a brief issue as far as um, you know, some neck spasms and, and, and the big guy still got pneumonia. So, you know, I'm glad that you joined because, you know, I, I actually, I, I asked you a question, I texted you a question the other day, and I was glad you responded back that you actually had experience because you know I just came back from Florida, right, buddy? Yes. Yes, I was following along. Okay. <laughs> so one of my favorite things to do while I'm at Walt Disney World is I like to resort hop. So we go from resort to resort. We'll walk around, perhaps get something to eat. We'll go into the shop. We'll do some pin trading. But we just like to take in kind of the ambience of the resorts. So one of my favorite places to do that is at around Crescent Lake, which is the Epcot Resorts. You know, you've got the boardwalk. You've got the beach club. You've got the yacht club. And they're all some of my favorite resorts to do that at. And as you're driving along that road, and I probably should have been prepared with the name. I want to say Epcot Center Drive, but that's probably wrong. But it's the back entrance towards the beach club and yacht club. We made a circle, and we actually saw the swan and the dolphin from the road. And I know you were a Florida resident, and you've probably visited these resorts. But I'll be honest, you know what? I've not visited these resorts that often. But the look from the road, and I believe it's the dolphin that I saw first and the swan is second. Those resorts are amazing. Like, I couldn't believe how cool it looked. It was it was staged in a way where it was elevated off the road with this gorgeous landscaping. And all I could do was, like, I, I was driving, got my camera out, snapping pictures in one hand while I'm driving. It was gorgeous. And then I realized, I told my wife, I know very little about these resorts. So I wanted to text you and say, hey, what do you know about these places? And obviously, I, I know they exist on Walt Disney World property, but they're not run by the Walt Disney World you know, hotel management team. So I was glad you had some experience. So can we talk a little bit about that today? Is that something that you, uh, you're ready to go with? I am always excited to talk about the swan and the dolphin because I think they are two very underestimated, or I guess that's the word you would say. I don't know. They're underappreciated. That's a good word. Um, yeah. Resorts at Walt Disney World because uh, if nothing more than location, but they also have some amazing things to offer the guests for sure. Okay. So first things first is, I guess let's go over this. So, so they're not run by Walt Disney World staffers. They're actually owned by a or they're are they owned by a different company? Are they owned by Walt Disney World? What what do you know? What can you tell me? Uh they are actually owned by Starwood Hotels and Resorts. So that's who owns and operates them. Um inside, you know, Walt Disney World itself. Okay. So Okay, so so as far as Starwood goes, well, I guess the name Star Wars is actually relatively familiar. Do you know 
who who else do they do they manage? Who else do they run, Michael? I I think they're connected with the Sheridan and Weston oh, hotels. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So so tell me a little bit about the hotels because outside of looking and they have well, let's be honest, they're they're really unique in design and and apparently they're. The, the emblems in the top, I don't want to say their logos, that's wrong, but the design is actually what was switched. Is that right? No, that's a, it's an actual rumor um, okay, okay. That, that people think that they were switched, but um, I actually, if you, if you, I was researching it at one point, um, actually for a theme park brothers that never got made. So we will, we will let everybody know it now. Um, I was looking on actually the Diz. Dot com, okay. which has some great information there. And a uh, good friend of your show, Jim Corcus, actually, Disney historian, um, was explaining Michael Graves, who was the original architect of the buildings, um, his original concept. So we, do you have a second for me to kind of read through? I'll paraphrase this stuff, but uh, I want to kind of give the gist of what the buildings themselves were designed after. Yeah, let's start off there. That's a great idea. Okay. Michael Graves was, let's put it this way, he was very, um, you know how those genius types, they just come up with these concepts that you're like, really? You know, we look at the building and we think, okay, it's a building. But after reading this, I could completely see his vision. Okay. So his concept for the Dolphin Hotel was that it was a tropical island formed by a sudden cataclysmic event. So, and this is quotes straight from there, um, an upheaval by an underwater volcano or earthquake. When the island emerged from under the sea, it lifted the dolphins out of the water and there are the dolphins on the room. A mountain struggled to thrust its way upward out of the tropical rainforest. That is the reason why there's banana leaves painted along the sides of the buildings. And the railings and the landscaping lining the walkway that connects the two hotels, Graves designed to mimic waves. And according to Graves, the reason why there are large waves painted on the Swan Hotel is because the water was metaphorically splashing up from the walkway area onto the Swan. Now, as for the Swan Hotel, um, the backstory for the swans on the roof is that they were so awed by the birth of the Dolphin Hotel that they uh, were on top of the waves to get a better look and were magically turned to stone by the awesome sight. Yeah, this is deep. This is <laughs> you just got crazy on me now. It, it did go deep. I was following you completely with the mountain, you know, projecting from the water. So, but uh, like the swans kind of made me smirk and it kind of made me chuckle. But you know, at least as far as the dolphin goes, you know, actually it, it makes sense the way you, I can picture it right now. It, the the imagery in my mind matched the description, so that was a job well done. I never knew the walkway about the waves though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it really does. And you know, when you're standing, and, and this is just something that I've always enjoyed is when you're standing in that area of the swan. And the dolphin. Anytime you're, you feel like you're part of something, with these structures around you, and and even the landscaping around, and the bridges that go across over to the boardwalk, um, and the pathways that go over to the yacht club, just that whole area to me, you can tell was designed with a purpose, and you kind of feel like you're in a story. And what's more Disney than that? Yeah. 
So. I had no idea about the backstory, so I love knowing there is a backstory. You, I would just kind of threw it down as like quirky Florida architecture, you know, as opposed to actually having a backstory behind that. So that's that's really cool. Um, Absolutely. Let me ask you this. So, so well, frankly, I know this to be true that the Swan and the Dolphin have some of the. I don't want to say the best rates, but if you go online and you price it out, you can find some of the best deals to stay there, uh, particularly if you're a teacher. I know they've got really good teacher incentives with the Starwood chain, so I know that's available. They tout some of the larger hotel rooms on property, and they have this 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 magical bed, like this Starwood like Class A type bed. <laughs> I know the verbiage is all wrong, so please don't text me that I know it's mistaken. Uh, but I know they have this like this, this super soft bed that they promote as like the bed to end all beds. <laughs> it's <laughs> called the Weston Heavenly Bed. Oh yeah, it's see the the Weston Heavenly <laughs> Bed, and you could order it right. A, you could order one for the a, house. Pillow top mattress and white goose down comforter. Wow. All right, so let's go through this a little bit. Tell me what what does it have? So if I wanted to visit, what what where can I eat? Where could I have a drink? What can I do? Tell me a little bit about it. Um, well, we'll just run through some of the dining locations real quick. Um, there are two signature dining locations at each resort. Um, the Dolphin has Shula's Steakhouse and Todd English's Blue Zoo. So those are at the Dolphin. And over at the Swan is Il Molino and Kimonos. Okay. Um, so those are both signature dining. Um, there is casual dining. Uh, there is the Garden Grove restaurant at the Swan, which is also um, has a character breakfast, I believe, over there at Garden Grove. You know what? And I want to interrupt you because when we price around for like breakfast buffets or like character options, it always comes up. It never seems that desirable because it's like, where is that located? It's not in a resort, but it's always one of the more affordable ones as far as like the, you know, the dollar price tags, they give you a one, two, three, four. The Garden Grove always comes up as like one of the more affordable options. So I haven't checked it out, but I, I, I meant to last time and I will in the next time. Yeah. And, and you know what, as far as theming inside, when you go, um, cause we walked, we've never eaten there, but we've walked and, uh, and Jordan actually walked inside once when they were serving and he just got video. I, he has more guts than I do. Um, he almost <laughs> said he almost grabbed something from the buffet. <laughs> it's like Jordan, but, um, it's got a huge tree in the middle and it's, um, it's very well themed. Um, and it looks like a pretty cool place to eat. Um, uh, but along with that, they have, you know, your pool bars, your cabana bars, and, uh, they have fresh Mediterranean markets, um, uh, different things. There are also quick service restaurants. Uh, Peekaboo is at, I think that's at the Dolphin. Um, and there's a place called Fuel, which Fuel, it's new to the Dolphin. They kind of redid their lobby okay. recently, okay. and the lobby is very nice. I mean, it just it just I don't know. It has this very open look to it uh, with a giant like chandelier in the middle. Um, but there's a station in there. It's called Fuel, and it has like a candy bar and um, has coffee and you know things like that, sandwiches and and stuff uh, of that nature. Uh, there are also lounges, Shula's Lounge, Il Molino's Lounge, Kimono's. So basically the signature restaurants each have their lounges to go along with it. Um, so it, 
plenty of dining. And actually, if you think about it, that's a lot of dining for just two locations. If you were to compare that to Yacht and Beach Club, for example. For sure. Yeah. Um, way more than they have. Yeah. Get that many options. Of course, that you have the boardwalk, which is right beside, which has their plethora of restaurants and you know dining as well. So um, really, you can't go wrong with that whole area there. But like you were stating before, when you go looking at rates, the Swan and the Dolphin, you can get some great deals. They're not cheap. You know, you're not you're not going to be paying all star sports prices or anything. Yeah, I should have said that. You're not looking at ninety nine dollars a night. I should have said that. Correct. No. Yeah. But uh, you can't. I mean, we were just looking and we found I think Christina found one hundred and sixty some dollars a night um, for this upcoming like uh, we're we are actually planning uh, to go down to Florida here in about a week and a half. So when we were looking at places to stay. That's not – I mean, that's crazy good mm-hmm. for that location, and that was at the Swan. And we can discuss why I believe the Swan is the better of the two as far as location goes at some point. But, uh, yeah, okay. definitely. Interesting. So so tell me this. So if I'm checking in, you did a little more research than me. If I was flying into uh, Orlando International, could I get Magical Express to go to the Swan and the Dolphin? I don't believe that they have Magical Express. Um, when I was looking into it, it was it was saying that there are a lot of perks, the, uh, the same perks that you get at staying on property, like Disney transportation. I'm assuming that transportation means to and from the parks, I, which I, I know you can get it to and from the parks. Yeah, I've seen buses go to and from there, so I know that to be to be true. Yeah, and then um, of course extra magic hours and things like that. Okay, so. So I guess just missing the Magical Express is the only thing. So you're looking at an Uber ride or a taxi ride to and from as the only option. Uh, and, of course, I probably should have done the research on this. I know for, for, for certain, though, that one of them, I believe it's the Swan, actually has a car rental agency, uh, uh, be it Alamo, Hertz, Enterprise. But it's actually on site. I believe it's actually Enterprise uh, from from previous car rental times. But... Uh, I believe actually the Swan has one on site, so that's an option really quickly too. Yeah, and that's the thing you're going to find with the Swan and Dolphin is the more you uncover, the more you you know peel the onion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You're just going to find so many. Th- I mean, each time I visit there, I I find something new. Okay, um, like this this little tidbit. I was walking uh walking around the Swan, and I realized that you can walk right across the street to the uh, putt-putt golf course over there, the uh, Fantasia Gardens. Yeah. Um, and you could just walk right over there. Now, we've always wanted to do that, but we are like, how do you park there? What's the situation with that golf course? You know, because at Disney, you never quite know where you can and can't park and what's going on. Um, and I'm sure they have parking, but I thought to myself, that would be really nice if you're staying at the Swan or the Dolphin, to be able just to walk right over mm-hmm. and play a round of, of uh, you know, miniature golf. Tell me, why did you think that you mentioned that you thought the Swan was a nicer hotel than the Dolphin? Why do you think so? Um, I don't know so much if it's nicer, but I like the location. Um, when you are at the Swan, you can walk directly. You're closer to Hollywood Studios, first of all. Um, and I like that path, that walkway between the boardwalk and Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. I actually 
prefer to walk that than to take the boats or buses or anything. Um, Jordan would disagree. He hates that I make him walk that, but, um, you know, I just really enjoy that. And it's closer, much closer from the swan, um, than it is the dolphin. Now, the other thing is that when you're staying at the dolphin, it's kind of funny the way that the walkways go. You would have to kind of look at it, but the walkways follow the building. And there's like a little canal in the middle. So you have to actually walk the perimeter of the building on a sidewalk. So it, it doesn't go straight across. Hmm. You're, you're walking the perimeter of the building just to get over to Yacht Club. And then, of course, you got to pass Beach Club to get over to Epcot. So it doesn't give you that much of a strategic advantage even there. Gotcha. As, as I would think it would be smarter from the Swan, you could actually just walk across the bridge over to the boardwalk and walk around the boardwalk past the SPN and, you know, just go into Epcot that direction. Mm-hmm. I should say uh, that both I, of them... I haven't tested. Yeah. Both of them have friendship boats, though, Michael. Did you, you obviously, you're, you know that, too, as well, right? Yes, they do. Those friendship boats, me and them have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> um, I, I've never quite understood why we have to stop at 5,000 stops in those friendship boats. But if you get on one, you aren't getting to Epcot or Hollywood studios for at least 45 minutes. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> that's me. So, so based upon our conversation, you know, I'm, I'm actually clicking through right now, the Swan and the Dolphin pool. And I've got to tell you, actually the pool connected to the Swan is really impressive. That's, that's, you know, it's got a grotto, it's got a waterfall, it's got a slide. And it's not simply like an Olympic-style swimming pool. It's a really well-themed pool. And it looks like there's multiple options outside of it. Like you said, a pool bar and some quick service options. But the Dolphin one looks pretty good as well. But uh, both of these pools, they look they look really good. Uh, you know, you think maybe it's just going to be like a hotel chain pool. It looks completely different. It actually looks like they have a sand area kind of connected to like the water in a beach-type setting. I- Obviously, it's probably closed off at this point or fenced off, but they're, I don't want to use the word aquatic, aquatic complex. That sounds weird, but it looks really good. I mean, it's covered by palm trees. It looks like it belongs in the landscape. So there's another thing that's going for it. Oh, it is. It is very nice there. They, that pool over there at the Swan, and they also have an Olympic like lap pool as well, which is totally separate from that grotto that you're, you're speaking of, Mm -hmm. um, and so that's two and around that lap pool there are actually cabanas like all around that i don't i don't know what the situation is with the cabanas if you have to pay for those or if they're for hotel guests or you know what the deal is with that because i've i've never stayed i've only been a visitor and you know mm-hmm. all that but the main pool there and and another thing is that they will do events at the beach they did um like sand sculpting so they had – I know we had talked about this back um, when you guys did your show of things, events you would like to see at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you had had discussed that, but they had sand sculpting um, along their beach to where there were these huge displays of things that they sculpted out of sand. And uh, people came to do their art on oh, that beach. Don't they also have Christmas trees in like displays there as well during the season? Oh yeah, Christmas time. The swan used or the dolphin used to have a gigantic I thought it was ugly, but it was a gigantic white flower Christmas tree. Okay. That was in the center of their lobby and went straight up 
and then it has a um, train that goes around it. Mm-hmm. Um, this past year, since they have renovated the lobby, now they just have a uh, just a very classic Christmas tree um, in in their lobby. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, the Dolph or Swan has a chocolate sculpture. So a sculpture of like Santa Claus in a, his workshop there, and it's all made out of chocolate. Okay. Hey, That's display. I've got some information from you. I just pulled it up right now. So if you wanted to know, I've got some information on the transportation. So it, it does actually, there is complimentary buses to Disney Springs. It looks like, oh, I shouldn't have said that for the theme parks. I apologize. Uh, it looks like there is things like uh, sedans and vans to, in fact, Disney Springs. I don't believe there's, uh, well, it actually, it, I'm sorry, I'm mistaken. There is a complimentary bus to Disney Springs um, every 20 to 25 minutes. But if you prefer a private car, there is private cars, there is vans and whatnot. There is not complimentary transportation to the airport. It gives you an idea of price. For a sedan for up to four people, they'll arrange it for you. It's about 90 bucks. Uh, you could also qualify for that Mirrors Transportation Shuttle, which is like the Mickey Express, but without the Mickey, you know, on the side, the Magical Express. Yeah. And you can get it for an adult for $37 round trip and for kids for $28 round trip. And the parking fee does apply. If you're a non-registered guest, it's $23 for self-parking. And if you're a registered guest, it's $23 plus tax per day. So it looks like... It looks like the non-registered guests would be 23 hours for each exit. So if you come in and then go and then come in and go, I'm guessing it's 23 bucks a time where the guests would be 23 bucks per day. So um, it looks like as far as transportation-wise, it's got a lot of the same things minus the airport trip. So excellent. Hey, mm-hmm. you, you know, we talked earlier. I'm going to segue off this in a second because I know eventually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and, when we're not using DVC points, stay at the Swan and Dolphin. We mentioned car rentals earlier and i wanted to talk to you about my recent trip you got it you got a minute want me to i've had some really strange things happen to me and actually it would qualify as like a trip tip at this point because these were some non-routine things i don't know if you were following along or how close you were following my last trip but i had some bizarre things happen i i was following along but i i think that there could be some knowledge gained from your experiences so hit me with it all right so so we rent a car whenever we're down there. And I think you probably know that from previous shows. We like to rent a car. It just provides freedom for the couple hundred dollars. It's not much from Costco. We rent it through Costco. If I wanted to go to Character Warehouse or if I wanted to go to, to Publix or to Wawa or whatever, I have a car and it makes life easier for me. So we decided to rent a car. And you know, at the airport, when you rent a car, you essentially go to your company and you'll pick a category of car. So you got... Intermediate SUVs or full-size cars, and they've got 30 in a row. You pick the one you want. The keys are in the ignition, and then you drive to the exit. And at the exit, they take your information, and they kind of match you up with your car. So we're down there. There happens to be a Jeep Grand Cherokee in the row, but we only rented a intermediate SUV. And I think the car was probably parked incorrectly because a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee isn't an intermediate SUV. That's like a, a Jeep Compass-type vehicle. But the tires look bald. Seriously. So we're going to go to the beach the next day, and like, there's no tread in the tire. And I immediately look at my wife, and I'm like, I don't want to get stuck on the side of a road in Florida with a bald tire, especially because like, when you're renting it, they actually kind of intimidate you a little bit. Like If the tire goes flat or if there's a problem with the tire, it might be your fault. You might have to cover the repair. So I was like, all right, forget this. Let's go <laughs> with the newer-looking car. 
So we rented a Mazda, and it could have been a CX-5 or a CX-6. It was the SUV. Mm-hmm. It's clearly not as nice of a car, but it had tires that had tread like it was brand spanking new, right? And mm-hmm. I knew I didn't get as good of a car, but that's okay. So we leave the airport. We leave the first day, and we've got no problems. But that night, the check oil light comes on. And I'm like, what is this? So the next morning, we're supposed to go to Cocoa Beach, so I get in the phone with Alamo, who we rented. 45 minutes later, by the way, it, it took 45 minutes to reach a customer service agent. I explained the problem. And they said, well, it's probably just like the 9,000 mile mark where we have like a service required and the light comes on. Are you comfortable driving the vehicle? And I was like, well, no, it's like 90 degrees. I'm going to Cocoa Beach. I have no idea about where to take this car. I just want to return it. It's a pain in the butt, but I just got to get rid of it. I want to, I want to switch it. They were really mm-hmm. helpful. They were like, okay, you know, so rent from Alamo in the future because their customer service actually was good. But the biggest benefit was that car care center outside of the Magic Kingdom, that's in Alamo. So if you ever have a problem, you can go there, switch out a car, or talk to a, you know, you, you know where the location is as opposed to having to deal with International Drive or, or, or wherever. You know where there's a location. Right. The switch took like, I don't know, three minutes. Piece of cake. The guy walked in. He was super apologetic. He goes, how about this brand new RAV4? Got this white RAV4. It's a 2019. It's got like 1,100 miles on it. Sweet. Great. We're in. So we get our Toyota. And actually, I like the car a lot better. But we're going to go to Cocoa Beach. But beforehand, we're going to go to Wawa. We're going to stock up on pretzels and iced teas and candy bars and cookies and stuff like that. I wasn't inside of Wawa, Michael, for like two minutes. And all of a sudden, a woman come running from the parking lot. And she was like, did you just park that white RAV4? I did. Why? She goes, the person next to you just pulled out and sideswiped your car. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. And knocked their bumper (laughs) off. I literally had the car for like seven minutes. Like, no kidding you. I hadn't even like, like, there there was no braking period. The air conditioning wasn't even cold. (laughs) That's how little I had the car. So they sideswiped it. So she was really cool. She gave me your information. She goes, here's my name. Here's my phone number. When you call the police, if you need a witness, I'm good. And then a guy came running forward and he goes, here, I took a picture of the car for you. Gave me his information. So like, kind of like your confidence in like people like in Florida, you know, like these two people were as strong a people as you could possibly imagine. They were like, no, no, we saw that. They were completely at fault. Yeah. My car was parked. I was inside getting, (laughs) yeah, can't be your fault, right? My car was parked. So I'm like, oh man, this is a rental car. I have never faced this scenario before. What do I do? Right? So the first thing you got to do is you call 911. So 911 in Florida, I guess based upon the location, they transferred me to the Florida Highway Patrol. It's like an episode on TV, like the Florida Highway Patrol. So they transferred me to the Florida Highway Patrol. The woman sounds like she's really disinterested in my phone call. And she said, we'll dispatch an officer. And this is... It's about 10 o'clock in the morning, buddy. So I'm sitting there. We have breakfast. My five-year-old, my six-year-old's getting upset because she's crabby. She wants to do something. My wife takes her to Walmart. 11 o'clock hits. 11.30 hits. 12, oh. 12 o'clock hits. And bear in mind, about 11.35, I kind of reach my saturation point because it's my vacation. I only get to do this for so many days per year, and I'm getting frustrated. And I thought to myself, what happens if this happened and you're going to like the airport. What happens to the rental? What do you do? You got tickets and you're waiting for the Florida Highway Patrol. So at 12.15 or so, they come pull into the parking lot. Two hours and 15 minutes later, 
They come pulling yeah. to the parking lot. And I'm not mad. I, I mean, I'm mad, but what am I going to do? Am I going to get mouthy? You know what I mean? It, what am I going to do at this point? So I tell him the story. He says to me, okay, I need all your information and give me your proof of insurance. Give me your license. Tell me the story. Give me your volunteers. He goes, we're going to list you as vehicle number two on the accident report. We're going to leave vehicle number one blank because we're going to try and track them down. So all of a sudden, I got this pit in my stomach. We're going to try and track them down. They used the word we're going to try as if it's like not that important. But okay, it isn't. It's a low priority. I get that. It's, 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 it's a minor issue. And he says, well, you're going to have to pay your deductible on your insurance. So my deductible is 250 bucks. He goes, if we track them down and can claim the damage to their car and see proof of it, you might have a chance of getting back your money. So all There's of a sudden. That's my word again. Right? right? <laughs> it's like so sketchy. So all of a sudden, I know I'm out $250. It's like a tax levy by God. It's like, here you go. Here's your vacation tax. Boop. You know? So. He said, we're going to go and try and track him down. But uh, he was honest. He goes, honestly, it's probably not going to be a high priority. We're going to try and tackle it later on this week. Because, you know, by the impression I got when he was standing there, like his radio was going off, I bet they're understaffed. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And in Florida, everything is like 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 Route 76. So I bet you the Florida Highway Patrol has got to cover a lot of ground, you know? Yeah. So two hours and 15 minutes. If you ever get on the phone with the Florida Highway Patrol, prepare yourself for lunch and uh, pull out a book because it's going to take a long time. So in the meantime, I'm calling my insurance. I'm telling my insurance what happened. They're being very sympathetic. I'm calling Alamo. They're being very sympathetic. But every phone call is like a 20 or 25-minute phone call. They want to go over the same details. You can imagine. I'm just sitting there like, I want to be on the beach. Just just get me on the beach right now. But instead, I'm at Wawa. (laughs) Dealing with the Florida Highway Patrol, so yeah, don't get me started with Wawa. And right. I I remember Keep your story. Going. I remember your story, yeah. brother. Yeah. So here we are. We finally got it covered, and they were like, "Look it, can you drive the car? Is this, are you are you comfortable driving the car? This is from Alamo. Yes, I am. The car wasn't that bad. It, it's scuffed. Fact of the matter is, had I known this would happen, I'd have gone to like Pet Boys and got myself some buffing compound. I'd just buff the darn thing out and not called <laughs> not called anybody. I just been done with it. You know, is that the tip? Oh, is that the tip for that, the listeners? It's not a good tip, but that's what I would have done. But the tip is, honestly, you know, just do your documentation. Try and get the license plate and, and, and do your due diligence. Call your insurance. Call the car rental company. Call 911. Make sure you cover your bases because they're all going to ask you for that information. Realize you're going to have to pay your deductible. No matter what happens, even if the guy stood there in the parking lot, I'm still going to have to pay the deductible because the insurance companies haggle over each other and they negotiate back and forth. But meanwhile, someone's fixing this car. And the only way they're going to fix that car is if they're going to submit that claim early is going to be through my insurance. Um, then I'll let those two companies fight it out over who's paying the bill. you know. But as far as my perspective, right. here's the problem. In Florida, Michael, I- I'm not making a judgment call. Do they have insurance? Is it possible this dude doesn't have insurance? Yeah, p- pretty good chance because, honestly, he just rammed my car <laughs> and he drove away. So what kind of scruples does this dude have? You know, The guy yeah. came in with the video and said, like, the guy almost tore his bumper off. Well, it's not like you didn't notice it. You almost tore your bumper off. So... Anyways, that's a bizarre scenario. So we drove the car. No problems the rest of the trip. The Toyota RAV4 actually drove really nice. But like, if you're on vacation, like, don't panic. You got to just go through your documentation steps. Call call the company. Call your insurance. Call 911 first. They're going to ask you if everyone's safe. The answer is yes. 
And the manager at Wawa was actually really sympathetic. Uh, he was, you know, he was talkative. He, he, they obviously felt terrible. So, but like that was a weird scenario that like really never prepare for on vacation. So that's one thing. Um, another but you cool, did get to the beach. We did get I to did the beach. I did see you got to the beach. I love the ocean. You know, in Florida, honestly, I, I'm a weird dude. You know, I love the theme parks and I love the resorts. But I love the ocean, and even though I'm not going to be there for like six hours, I'm like a two and a half, three hour ocean kind of guy. Give me to the ocean, let me sit out. I'm going to go and enjoy the Ron John store over in Coco, and mm-hmm. you know I, I love being there. So I, I do mean to go to the to the Gulf Coast next time. But I got to the eh, beach. Don't waste your time. Really? I, I heard <laughs> I the sand is different. Just... No? We love Coco. Okay. I, I I think the one time we went to the golf side, we went to um we went to Clearwater and we just had a bad experience. Number one, the sand was white. White, white, like very white. And so um Jordan has very sensitive eyes and that white sand is like ridiculous okay. sometimes okay. when it comes to that. Now that's a preference. You know, uh, but other than that, the beach was kind of dirty uh, where we went. There were there were cigarette butts everywhere and glass, and um, we didn't want to really take our shoes off to walk in the sand. So that may be why we have our issues. Now, I've heard the Gulf side is absolutely gorgeous in many different locations, especially up on the Panhandle and, um, you know, over by St. Petersburg and things. We obviously just went to the wrong place. Okay. So. Well, let me give you two more we do scenarios. Love Coco, yeah, Coco was great. I love Coco. That, that, that was great. So, you know, we, when we go down there, we try to do something like cultural, not necessarily at parks, parks, parks. If we were down there for five days, we're not the family that goes to the parks for four days. We try to do something that's kind of like, a, um, I don't want to say touristy, but something cultural in Florida that wouldn't necessarily be touristy. So this time down, obviously, Coco is a little touristy. We went to the Harry Lou Gardens, and that's L E U. And that's in like downtown Orlando, which is just an outside conservatory with a lot of Florida, uh, I guess you'd say Florida, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say trees, that's wrong, but I mean, they had flowers, they had, they had, they had, um, like a natural landscape setting and it's just really pretty, but they were doing this exhibit on fairy doors and it sounds so dorky, but it's, it's truth. So they built this backstory. They had 17 doors for you to hunt down. And they built this fat backstory of the fairy who lives there. And it was like a scramble, like a search. So, oh, man. Cameron would have loved that. Beatrice loved it. Six years old. And, of course, Dad's really smart. So we started our family tour at 1130 in the morning. Um, you know how hot it is at 1130 in the morning in July in Florida, Michael? Do, do oh, I bet you it's pretty hot. It's pretty yeah. pretty darn hot. You know, like <laughs> like like 95 degrees type hot. Um, so we got and not this... humid either. No humidity. <laughs> dry as a bone. Yep. Just so dry. It was like, I was the only guy walking around and people were looking at me. So you knew I was making a mistake, but she plotted away for probably the two mile, two and a half mile hike to find these fairy doors. It was really pretty. It was one of the prettiest things we've seen in Florida, natural landscape. And some of the trees, you know, that have the Spanish moss corn on there were enormous. And I live in Chicago. We've got 150-year-old oak trees. So we see these enormous trees. It's got nothing on the trees of this place. And I know it sounds like, hey, I'm down there to see Disney and see Universal, but this is worth checking out. It's really cool culturally, and it's a really beautiful place. And it was cheap, but it's it's only 20 minutes down I-4. If you catch it in the right time of the day, it's, it's hardly a wait at all. So check that out. And um, it was a really cool thing. Well, yeah, skip- that's always um, that's always been our regret 
um, when we lived in Florida that there were so many things that we probably missed because we went to the and did the same things over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, we know that we missed. And that can happen to people on vacation, too. Yeah. to keep going and doing the same thing. I love how you and your family will add in one or two off the beaten path things um, to go and see so that, you know, that could be something that you want to repeat. It might be a one and done, yeah. but I, I love that you take that to go outside of the, you know, yeah, we try to vacation world. almost like we're residents down there. So we try to figure out what would a resident do? What would we do if we were living down here and we wanted to do something on Saturday and we didn't want to go hang out at the Magic Kingdom with all the other tourists? And that's like kind of a mindset. We're going to go pick up dinner at Publix tonight. We're going to go, uh, I'm going to get, going to get a donut at Wawa because I'm on vacation and I'm allowed a donut at Wawa, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to do something cool culturally. Here's my, right. here's my last thing, my last tip today. All right. So. What do you do when you leave your resort at 6.15? You got your rental car, right? You're going to drive back to the airport. What do you do when you enter in the expressway to go back to the airport and you realize the car entry for the toll box says exact coins and you don't have exact coins? What do you do? You know what? You know how you rectify that? You ensure you have a sun pass when you're driving in Florida. Yes. That would be a great plan. And I adhered to my own words where I said I was going to buy a Sun Pass, but I did not. So I'm Joe Tourist in my car. I've got 70 cents for a dollar toll box. I'm thinking of throwing in sweet tarts and hoping they qualify for a toll. So I don't know what to do at this point. You realize your rental car's got a transponder in it, and they tell you about it when you rent the car. It's like, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to bill you for every toll you go through, and we've got this sweet $3.95 convenience fee per day for as long as you use it. So if you're renting up to like 10 days, they're going to bill you. I think the maximum was like they stopped at 20 bucks for the, the, the convenience fees of these things. So I'm literally looking at my wife like, don't you have four quarters? And it's my fault. I didn't have the change. My daughter doesn't have change. No one's got change. So if you rent a car, most every car now has a transponder. You shouldn't get hit with this giant toll. But definitely, if I mean, even if it's your own car, don't drive through it. You might be able to go and pay for it afterwards, but I didn't worry about that. Once I knew I had the transponder, I'm going to get a bill, and it's going to be for at least a dollar. I could guarantee that. Actually, about three, because I passed through three toll boxes. And you're going to pay that trans- the, the, uh, the transponder fee of three ninety five per day. But the feeling in your stomach when you approach the toll and it says exact change, and you realize you've got like a few pennies in your pocket, you're like, oh my God, am I a rookie on vacation? But it's not the end of the world. You're going to get a fee for it, but just tack it up to a travel expense. You know, <laughs> I have a little story, I think, and Christina may, you know, kill me for saying this, but I, I think I remember her being in a situation where she pulled up on one of those and was in that circumstance and someone pulled up like right behind her. And she's like, what do I do? I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the people behind her were nice enough and gave her the change to pay the toll. Oh, nice. So that that was very nice, so those people, because, uh, yeah, it can get scary. And I'm going to be honest with you. It To me, I have to have a sun pass on the cars when I drive in Florida because I get too nervous. You know, the GPS, we're at the mercy of a lot of times, and we just go wherever the GPS tells us. And sometimes they're not as forthcoming with these tolls as they, you know, we might want them to be. Mm-hmm. And and. I like the peace of mind of knowing, you know, if I get stuck on something, at least, you know, I'm, I'm good to go yeah, because there is no scarier of a feeling like 
<laughs> you found out where oh. you just don't have the change. I, I felt like 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 a rookie tourist, you know, and and I'm a Florida veteran now, you know, I go down there a lot. So I said on previous shows, I'm going to order me a Sun Pass. And then I was at Publix, and I was like, I'm going to go to the customer service desk and get me a Sun Pass. I failed. I completely failed all around. But I'm going to go on the website right now, and I'm going to get me a Sun Pass. So that won't be a problem from this point forward. Uh, another tip, though, if you are paying cash, when you got to hug over to the right-hand side, that line's like always like, like, like 18 cars along, and no one's got... No one's got exact change, so it takes forever. And meanwhile, everybody over in the left lanes, including the Mickey, the Magical Express, is just buzzing through with the Sun Pass. It's a great time saver, especially if you decide you're going to go to Coco. You pass three, four, five tolls. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to save time as much as possible. So, anyways, and you save money too because they discount that. Do they really? Okay, that's another good yeah, tip then. Yeah, they discount it. It's not a huge discount, but you know, it, they discount it because you know you're just going straight through there. You're not having to take uh, a toll person's time up. Yeah. I assume is why they do that. So, hey, I didn't want to give you a complete trip report because you know sometimes I think my vacations you know are 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 really only appeal to me and my my family. But at least those are learning experiences. I know definitely, you know, people never know what to do when they get into a car accident when it's their own car, let alone a rental car. So I thought it was worthwhile. So I appreciate you letting me bend your ear on that. And hopefully someone who's listening might benefit from that. Um, I appreciate you yeah, sharing. Yeah, and I think it's yeah. good. It's good to be able to share that stuff. And, and honestly, I'm going to ask one more question. Yeah. You don't have to go into depth. Um, which parks did you go into, if any? I only went to one. We only went to the Magic Kingdom. It's it's been a while. We you know, despite the fact that we do the show and I'm a huge fan, we don't have annual passes. So we've got tickets. We we actually are still working on some ten day no expiration tickets that we have. And I have another set complete for the family of ten day no expiration tickets I bought years ago. And I know since we haven't started them, they're still good and they're grandfathered in. So when we go down there, we don't blitz the parks. We try and do one or two. We haven't been in the Magic Kingdom in Man, I want to say almost three, maybe four years. And that, that's a true, honest story. So my youngest, who is now six years old, and she's with shoes, she's probably 48 and a half, maybe 49 inches tall. She's old enough to go on the rides. Last Christmas time, we were at Disneyland, and she kind of freaked out when we got to, when we got to Splash Mountain and mm-hmm. Big Thunder and whatnot. But she kind of built up her courage. So she was going to go on these rides in her mind. She was ready. And we didn't want to disappoint. And like a trooper... She did it. Uh, I'll give her a little shout out. So my youngest, six years old, Michael, we're not there at park at, at rope drop. It opens at nine and it stays open till 11. Because we're at Animal Kingdom Lodge, we took the bus. We got there about 930. Okay. We yeah. didn't leave the park and we stayed the entire day until 11 o'clock. And she hardly said boo about anything. Only, wow. only to last like say 20 minutes. She had a minor meltdown. She didn't want to go on Space Mountain. And my other daughter did. But she hiked through that park for 13 and a half hours. Six years old with those little legs. Of course, Dad put her on her shoulders many times. And, you know, she's she's a little bigger now. So Dad was sore for a few days. But she was tough as nails. I couldn't have been prouder. And she hardly complained through the entire day. As a matter of fact, she was the one pushing me to look at my uh, at my phone about where the next Fast Pass was going to come through. She was the one like, where are we going to go next, Dad? It was <laughs> it, it was awesome. And when did you make those fast passes? Oh, so you want me to get into this for a second here? You know, I'm anti-fast Well, yeah, pass. I think it's important. You you build it up. And in, in, I, I remember there was a post in Edcott where you had said, uh, we're leaving tomorrow morning. Is it still? 
Okay. Too soon to get the fast pass. <laughs> okay, I'm so. I'm anti fast pass only because I don't need like I'm I'm like a okay. So if I go to Animal Kingdom, I know I'm gonna need to get flight of passage like well in advance, and I know I'm gonna need to do all the other things well in advance. But in my mind's eye, I knew we were going to the Magic Kingdom, and there's only one headliner in the Magic Kingdom. I don't even consider space. Splash or Big Thunder like headliners. They are. But I could get fast passes a day in advance. I knew that. It was a Seven Dwarves Mine Train. That's the headliner. And that's yep. the one you need the fast pass for, right? So yep, I didn't yep, even... That's the one. I didn't worry about fast passes. And besides, I don't like planning my day out like that. I thought, you know, I don't want to be the guy that makes fast passes for every day and then waits for the best weather and has to go and release them. I want to, like, make my vacation stress-free. So one day in advance, we booked our fast passes. We got the Barnstormer early, Big Thunder about two o'clock, and Splash about five o'clock. And our plan was: we get there early, we go wait at Seven Dwarves Mine Train. We just wait in line, stand by, and then we start mm-hmm. lopping off what we can as we go out throughout the day. I got to tell you, it works perfect. You don't you, you don't need to freak out if you're if you're an A type planner and you need to make fast passes sixty days in advance because you're going to freak out or however long it is. Then, then do so, but you, but you don't need to. You know, we had to wait 45 minutes, maybe slightly longer for Seven Dwarves Mine Train. But as the day went along, we picked off the easy ones. We went to our next Fast Pass. As soon as you finish the three Fast Passes, you can start picking them off one at a time and one at a time. Well, you know what? If you're there for 13 and a half hours and you're going at a casual pace, we also ate at the Liberty Tree Tavern for the first time. We did everything mm. in the park minus... A few places. We didn't do Hall of Presidents. We didn't do Peter Pan. We didn't do Winnie the Pooh. Um, so but we, we tackled everything else. But nothing was ever rushed. And we kind of just went where the wind kind of pushed us that day. Where we saw like the least line. We went there. And then we shopped here. And we had a bite to eat here. Like the Magic Kingdom is... It, it, you don't need a fast pass for that place. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't make one. If you need to, please do. But we didn't. We only made it 24 hours in advance. And that was only to secure the fact that we could go on some rides through the day. We didn't know what kind of lines we were going to expect, if it was going to be hugely crowded. Mm-hmm. But it worked out great. Seven Dwarves Mine, like I said, maybe 45 minutes, maybe 50. Barnstormer, Big Thunder, Splash. We added Fast Pass for Jungle Cruise. We added for Small World. We added Buzz. Um, we went on Space Mountain with uh, the Fast Pass ad. We went, we went on Space Mountain with the Fast Pass ad. That'll tell you how little you need to make those Fast Passes. That was just a Fast Pass edition that it was okay. It was it was acceptable. So, yeah, it worked out perfect. And I don't get myself worked up with those things, you know? Yeah, and I think Magic Kingdom is one of those parks. I don't know why. Magic Kingdom is one that um, I, I think you explained it perfectly. We would make Fast Passes just to make sure that we got to do something just to make sure that Cameron got to ride something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as me and Christina were concerned, um, we didn't care if we rode anything. We just wanted to experience magic kingdom. We wanted to walk around and, and like you had said, let the day take you where the day takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew we would get to, to see something, but we will make those like buzz Lightyear. Um, we'll make one for maybe the Tomorrowland Speedway just so that we know that some of those – the Tomorrowland Speedway queue is not fun to to stand through. So um, we may do some of that. But, yeah, I think Magic Kingdom, even more so than the other three parks, you can go into and have a great day and not worry so much about the Fast Passes. Yeah. So 
So if you're yeah. making fast passes, I would suggest make them early. Make a like make a, a a nine, a ten, and eleven. Lop those off early, and then start making the one offs as you go along through the day. You'll roll through a ton. For me, it was strategical. I had to go and plan my fast passes based upon my six year old's tolerances. Right. So let's start her off slow. The barnstormer, eleven o'clock. Let's get her on the barnstormer. Let's see how she. I handled. would be done, Chris. I would be done. <laughs> okay, so this is the Michael play. So I would the, be toast. So the barnstormer at eleven o'clock. She handled that piece of cake. Great. Let's take a step up in class. Let's go to Big Thunder. She loved it. All right, great. Let's go to the Splash Mountain. She loved it. So instead of exposing her to like Space Mountain at eleven o'clock and ruining her for the rest of the day if she had a miserable experience, I did it kind of strategically and it worked out great. Awesome. So we'll put you on the same test, Michael. When you and I are down there, we'll, we'll do that together. All right. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for uh, letting me bend your ear today, brother. Hey, I appreciate it. I know we couldn't get a full trip report, but I think you got the important stuff out there. Yeah. If people wanted to contact you, though, you, you're a good resource for the Swan and Dolphin. How could they do that, buddy? Um, you can find us over at Theme Park Brothers. We're still there. Um, also, I'm on Facebook, uh, Michael Black 2396 I believe. Um, at Grumpy23 on um, Twitter. Uh, yeah, hit me up. I love to have, and you know, since moving to Ohio, I think I'm feeling my Disney love come back. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm ready to talk Disney like crazy now. So, yeah. Awesome. Hit me up. Yeah, go check out Theme Park Brothers. Your latest episode is uh, Harry Potter inspired, Potter Palooza, right, buddy? Yeah, we found a a Harry Potter-like event in a small town outside of uh, around where we live. They took – I mean everybody kind of had a little thing like the bank turned into Gringotts and then there was a bakery that sold Harry Potter confectionaries. And um, a church of all places, they were making wands, which you can think what you want on (laughs) that one. Uh, Me and Jordan were perplexed by the making of wands in a church. But – um, they did all this stuff, and it was a pretty neat little event. Uh, so, yeah, we put together a little video for that. You know what? I've got to go and tell you, that pastor has got to be the coolest pastor around. If he can if he can tolerate that for Potterpalooza, you know, and be a part of that, i got to see that guy's sermon, you know? Yeah, because I'm sure he, he found a way to tie it in. I'm sure that there was not much witchcraft or wizardry <laughs> speak going on, but... I, I do appreciate the fact that he said this is an event that's going on. We can spread our our message, and here's how we're going to do that. Now, the line was around the block, so uh, we didn't get a chance. Well, Christine and the boys didn't get a chance to go in and see what was going on. Um, but Awesome. Curious. Hey. All right, brother, I want to let you go. Thank you for letting me bend your ear. And for everyone who listened and downloaded today, we really appreciate that. If you could go to Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you're hearing the show, and try and find and leave us a review, that would help us out tremendously. We do appreciate everyone leaving us the reviews. Even recently, we've got a few of the uh, five-star reviews on on iTunes. And frankly, we're, we're awed and we're, we're humbled that, in fact, you give us the five-star review. So we appreciate it. So for my buddy Michael and for myself, I'd like to thank you. Have a great day. See you, everybody.